You ready? Sure. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host, Bailey. It's me. And yeah, not just another fucking happy Pride Month. Happy, happy birthday Pride month. month. Happy birthday happy Annie, anniversary Annie month. month. Can you believe we've been doing this? Was it going to be our three year anniversary? Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't that crazy? It's bananas. I can't <laughs> so stupid. I always, we need our usual existential crisis. I can't believe we do this because this is the dumbest thing in the world. And I can't believe people listen to us do it. So check it out. It's wild. Nick's mom and dad are at the house right now, mm-hmm. right? Because they're getting ready to take off with my kid. I've never talked to them about this. They don't know that we do this. I would <laughs> die if she were to ever listen to yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't know what Nick told them, but, you know, it's bedtime and she's like, I'm going to do, you know, Violet's book so you can go, you know, have your night with Mariah. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And she's like, tell them I said hi. And Nick, put your bike out for you. And I'm like, what do you think I'm about to go do? Like, what did he tell you? Like, I guess she thinks we're just having like a girl's night. I mean, we are kind of. Yeah. But I just thought it was so funny. She's like, yeah, say hi to everybody. And it's like, I'll see you guys in the morning. That's (laughs) so funny. Yeah. Because if I'm talking to people, just like regular people or like clients who I'm not that I don't know like oh. that, I'll say, well, my clients are different than your clients. Your oh. clients are like important rich clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I'll say like, oh, just like me and my best friend get together like, eh, you know, a couple times a month and have some wine and just chit chat, whatever. But then like the people that I am cool with and like we have a dumb hobby. Well, that's just it. <clears throat> I actually have clients I will talk to about it. Yeah. It's the people I work with. Right. I would rather die. If Could you imagine Lori ever- listening to this? <laughs> It's just a Lori Slander podcast from episode two on. <laughs> um, we should have changed her name. Fuck it. <laughs> it's too late now. Right. Um, what's so funny, you just sparked my memory. I did meet a new client this week, and my boss was so excited to introduce us because he came in when I was doing my daily afternoon swap with Vi. So I came in late, and I come in to introduce myself, and my boss is like, this guy has a farm where they get like 600 kids at Halloween. Oh. And from then on out, the rest of the meeting was me and this guy just like yeah. talking. Can we come hang out on the farm? Oh, for real. Just talking like logistics. And he was talking so much shit about the people that get the blow ups. And like, yeah. And he's like so old that like he has a voice that, you know, he smoked his whole life. And mm-hmm. he's, I guess his kids are all like grown up and moved away. But people that went to high school with his kids will still bring their kids back to the house. Of course. Oh my God. And so he came in on Friday to sign some paperwork and I had um, a Friday the 13th shirt on. It was field day. I felt that it was appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he just looked at me and had the biggest smile on his face. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, that's right, old man. Let me spend your money and I appreciate you yeah. having the same passion as me. <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. So that was that was a highlight at work. But yeah, yeah I would sure. talk to him about the podcast yeah. for sure. But if I ever, if my boss ever knew, fuck it, it'd be over. Really? Your boss doesn't know? No. Oh. God, no. Yeah, Lou talks to anybody who will listen to him about this. Po- I'm like, can you stop? That's cute, though. It's kind of cute, but it's also a super embarrassing. Because Nick would rather die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, my wife has this pot. He tells him all about it. I'm like, no, dude, that's so cute. nobody cares. He loves them. <laughs> I guess so. Kind of. All right. 
I I made bullet points. I have all kinds of stuff to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Yay. Okay. Um, I've got a few things in the news. I don't really have many reviews. Okay. I have... Um, well, where do you want to start with? You want to start with the Ice Cube concert? Yeah. Let's talk I just about posted, our girls night. I just posted a pic on Instagram. Cute. THC podcast on Instagram. If you guys want to see us at the Ice Cube concert drunk. But yeah, we went there, what, last week? Yeah. It was Ice Cube, Too Short. Had the time of our lives. It's so fun. Went with our friend Stephanie, who you guys might remember from episode, God, I don't know. It's like episode eight or she's something. She's been mentioned on a few episodes. Yeah, but and she was a guest yeah, on. Correct. And she comments. She gets um, some of the answers, right? When mm. it's like, guess the story. Mm-hmm. But it was a great show. I thought they did a wonderful job. Yeah, until I fucking realized I was getting high with 14-year-olds well, and panicked. Listen, <laughs> those 14-year-olds for sure look like 18-year-olds. Yeah. They didn't look like really old, but they definitely look like maybe freshman in college yeah so other than the 14 year old boys and the 14 dollar white claws i know so expensive and <laughs> everything yeah, else was phenomenal the possible felony that you committed it's yeah. fine <laughs> but we had a good time they did a great job if anyone's wondering if uh, they cube, got it if cube or short are in your area they Go. still got it they sound- everyone was on their feet yeah we didn't sit down once they kept everyone going entertained funny yeah they still sound the same. They, they both still look great. Yeah. It was, it was a great show. Awesome. Yep. And we're having an unreal summer right now. The fact that it's we so can nice. tolerate being outside. Yeah. I know. Knock on wood. I hope it doesn't make it that it's like one of those really late summers. Right. I know. We go into August or I mean like October, October. and it's 100. Mm-hmm. When Lou was driving me home from work today, I heard the first couple cicadas out. And I was like, oh, oh shit. It's summertime. Riding my bike over here tonight, you could just hear kids screaming in the background. Mm -hmm. You could smell barbecues. You could smell sunscreen. You could just feel like the little bits of water coming off of the sprinklers in the yard. It's incredible going from me with a fucking baklava or whatever on my (laughs) face, like breathing into my sweater, trying not to freeze on my bike. So cold, so wet. And like the sun's not even down now. I know. It's amazing. I love it. This, so yeah, this is the time of year. This is when they start tricking me into loving summer. But I know we what's know up. Truth. It's going to be we're so be hot miserable. soon. I'm going to be so miserable. By your birthday, we're going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited that the kids are out of school for right now. But ask me how I feel at the end of July. Yeah. I'll be like, get these kids back to school. Mm-hmm. So last episode, <clears throat> it was college graduation. This week for us was all of our kids like promotion graduation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fucking summer, people. Let's do it. Yeah, can't wait. All right, so I'll do two quick book reviews for you. One was I mentioned last week, and I actually got the name wrong, so I apologize. It is Local Woman Missing, and it is really good. Let me set the picture, you guys. We're at this fucking motel. This the what you're gonna mention is a different book, but yes, this bitch in the pool. I'm all trying to read, doing everything she can to fucking read. I know, with you two hens cackling in the background. I thought we were just gonna like lay out and chill. No, I give you credit. I really do, but that shit cracked me up. That was very in you form versus me in my form with the fucking boombox, getting the whole lobby smelling like weed. I know. (laughs) We can do both things. So local woman missing, great, has a good twist. It was actually perfect for last week's episode or last episode that we recorded because I was still in the middle of reading it last time we recorded and I didn't realize how much of that book was going to like tie in 
to our podcast about Andrea Yates. Okay. But this book, um, it is a mystery. They're trying to figure out <coughs> basically how a local woman died and like what happened to her child, right? Because mm-hmm. her child's body was never found. And there's a twists and turns. You're going back and forth in time. Really good book. But it has a lot to do. The woman who ends up, um, whose body turns up, is a local mom and she's a doula and a lot of the book has to do with like what women go through when they're pregnant what they go through during birth and delivery what their first year of motherhood's like so you're telling me i would have been better off reviewing that book than the movie we did is what you're getting at yeah and it goes so in depth into all that stuff where i'm like whoa this was perfect for the fucking podcast we just recorded unlike the fucking movie yeah yeah so that's a great book it's good enough that i was reading it at my kids dance practice and one of the moms who's never talked to me (laughs) came up and she was like that book's phenomenal oh. i'm like oh thank you i'm reading it right now the second book i just finished this one i liked this one a little bit more this one's called flicker in the dark it's really good and it's great for summer yeah. if you love a, a murder mystery and you're looking for a summer read it's super like what is it at atmospherical uh-huh. like it sets the atmosphere <clears throat> it's louisiana in the summertime so it's hot and muggy yeah. And again, you're going back and forth in time between a woman who's grown now and back in to back in the day to the summer when she's like 12. And so like everyone remembers that 12 year old summer, oh, that yeah. tween summer when you're Figuring trying to like out. grow up yeah. and figure it out. And um, this is no spoiler alert because it says it right on the back of the book that this is the premise of the book is that her dad ends up um, confessing to the murder of like five local teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And he's a great dad and a great husband and she just never saw it coming that he would be a serial killer and now she's a grown woman and she's a psychologist and she tries to move on to her with her life even though she has like a mess of red flags and triggers Uh and then teenage girls that she knows in her grown-up life start coming up missing in the same way but her dad's in prison wow so they're like is it a copycat killer what's going on Mm -hmm. again twist turns red herring characters great great book but it's really good for summer And we'll get to this probably towards the end of my case, but her being the daughter of a serial killer and what her adult life looks like after that is very similar to this week's case. Oh, as soon as you laid it out, the dad, her not knowing the whole, I was like, yeah, ring, ring. So look at that. Two books, two two cases cases. back to back. And they're both great reads. So can I play off of this real quick? Mm -hmm, Please. Uh, Nick and I just finished the series Barry on HBO. Yeah. I think Lou's watched some of it. So it's, really interesting without spoiling i think anything the whole series of the show is summarized in a movie in the last episode oh and nick was like that's just like your fucking podcast yeah because it's all based on this real life crime that happens in barry in the very last episode you get to see the movie that they made off of it there you go and so i just thought that was so fun i love it mm-hmm and then do you have, uh, in your news, do you have about the, the kid who jumped into the shark-infested waters? I do not. Have you heard about this? I did. All over TikTok? Yes. The 18-year-old kid. Why did he jump? That's the only part I don't I, know. Because they dared him. Okay. Because he was probably drunk on a senior trip with and his friends. And they didn't see the sharks until... Well, it, it was nighttime. Yeah. And the, I think everyone was probably being drunk and stupid. Yeah. And it sucks it's, that it's he awful. did that. I can't imagine the amount of fear and regret. That would go coursing through your veins to land in the water because they said he swam away from the life raft. Yeah. And it's because he was swimming for his fucking life. 
Yeah, but I still feel like, I mean, who knows? You panic, right? Yeah. You panic. I feel like if I'm in the water with the shark as it is, I'm still swimming for the life ring. Yeah. Because at the very least, if I can get on the life ring and the the shark's going to take maybe a chomp out of me, but maybe they can pull me out of the water Mm -hmm. um, would be my guess. We don't know for sure if there were sharks. That's kind of just the rumor that's going on around TikTok. They think that you see it on the camera, Uh but then some people say it's the splashback from the life ring like hitting the oh, water okay it's not confirmed but there are a lot of sharks there so yeah. could be okay but that's so crazy and i feel so awful for him and his family i can't yeah. i can't imagine i can't believe that there was nobody on board that tried to stop him yeah because no. for sure don't do that see i try to not do real news <laughs> Well, it's TikTok news. I know. Mm -hmm. It is everywhere. But it's also, I guess it just like, it... It It struck a chord with you. Because that's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Like, it almost almost prevents me from going on cruise ships. I'm almost more scared of cruise ships than I am airplanes. Okay. Because, like, I don't don't hang out on the railing of cruise ships. Because I'm scared, like, what if some drunk asshole runs into me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I go overboard. Mm -hmm. Like, at least in a plane, if something happens, we're all going down together. Yeah. But well, I think that to be was, left in the middle of the ocean by yourself. Oh, my God. That was on the news recently. Also, is footage of a cruise ship. It got stuck in a storm. Or I whatever. saw that. That was on yeah. TikTok, too. Yeah. The fucking waves are as tall as the ship. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. Cruise ships are something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's always creeped me out is when you have the room underwater. Right. Yeah. You and I've had that room before. On a uh-huh, cruise ship. Yeah. Because it's the cheap room. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, let's just ignore this uh-huh. that if we go in down we're the first ones uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> all, all right. right and then the only other thing that i can recommend for y'all is we watched a documentary on hulu about uh the artist jelly roll i don't think i know who jelly roll is you don't i don't know you would love him it He's, sounds familiar, but I couldn't. Tell so his you. wife is TikTok famous. Her name is Bunny. Oh, he's she, country. Yeah. Okay. But he's yes. like outlaw country. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. like twanging a guitar. No, country. I absolutely know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So his documentary is great, and I it bet. makes you really appreciate him, and even more. Yeah. When you see where he comes from, when you see what good he's doing for I his community the now, honesty in their relationship and everything it's they've been great. through, yeah. and their honesty it's on the documentary, mature. they're very well spoken. I know, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So th- his documentary is great. You would really like it, B. See, I think she, doesn't she call him Big J? Or I think she might even call him like Big Daddy, like I call Lou. Oh yeah. So when you said she jelly definitely roll, calls him like Daddy, I think. Yeah, Jelly Roll just didn't register. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, he's always been a big uh, big boy, and yeah. so he calls himself Jelly Roll because that's what his mama used to call him because he loved jelly donuts. Oh fuck! Okay, I can't blame <laughs> so give guy. me some news. All right, let's do news. They're making a horror remake of Cinderella. Okay, and any it, fairy tale can really be twisted to be a horror movie. It's going to be called Cinderella's Curse, and it's the same creators that did the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which I hope to review next I, time. I, Cause I got a week off, bitches. I know. I'm so excited to watch. Did you this figure shit. out how to watch it? Yes. Oh no, it was the Grinch that that pulled. The I still haven't found the Grinch. That's right. Yeah, it yeah. was the Grinch <clears throat> that was supposed to be free on YouTube, and then they Grinched us. From past pod, you guys right might remember us talking about the house that inspired The Conjuring. Yes, they are offering camping experiences for three hundred to four hundred. Fuck it, let's a night, go. Right? Uh huh. They say you get a tent and you could do whatever you want with like paranormal investigation and. I just sit there and 
just hang get out. high. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good nope. for me. Uh-huh. Uh, also, recently related to podcast news, they have a new documentary, The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Yes, I saw commercials for this. Mm-hmm. It premiered last Monday. So The more you watch footage of her, the more she doesn't look like a kid. Nope. For real, though. For every Crazy. I, I kind of forgot because I haven't really seen her since we did our podcast, which was like, God, what, two years ago now or oh, something? It was episode 35. Yeah. Yeah. So re-seeing her on those like on the footage pieces for the trailer, I was like, that Damn. bitch looks 45 40 years, years old. old. Right? She's been smoking she since she us. was out the womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In local California news. Uh, Bay Area residents were shell-shocked to find a turtle on the BART tracks. (laughs) Not (laughs) shell-shocked. Did they get him off? They did. Mm -hmm. But it was like Union City Station. Like, it was a busy station. Was it a turtle or a tortoise? It was a turtle. Oh. What was he doing? Just, why wasn't he with his family? No. And and another... Exciting California sighting. I guess it's a once in a hundred and one year sighting. A rare wolverine was spotted in California. <laughs> what? That's some, I know, some rich asshole bought a wolverine and it got out. Uh-huh. Or it escaped from a zoo and no one wanted to tell us. But come on, a wolverine? A wolverine? What if, it, what if it stowed away on like a ship from Australia? Right, fuck you. If that's not exciting enough. That is exciting. Let's get your panties wet for this. Ew. Because a woman walking on a California beach finds an ancient mastodon tooth. Ooh. So that's pretty exciting. Where was this? This was... California Beach. Okay. Does okay. she does she have to turn it in or can she keep oh, it? Oh, it was Aptos. Okay. Mm-hmm. She had to Damn, turn it in. Damn, could have been us. Yep. And she has to turn it in. Who says? She, that's only because she told somebody. Yeah, for real. I probably would have kept it. And this isn't local, but it's close enough. There's a possible serial killer in Portland. Yes. Uh six women under the age of 40 within the past three months terrifying so different Serial police killer. departments are finally trying to work together to figure out if they're oh related. my god mm-hmm. like every episode that's ever been on this podcast let's drink to all those past golly episodes. every single one of them yeah we're gonna be doing that a lot tonight we got a lot of Ooh. reoccurring themes here what a great way to tie in our thc patent pending drinking game take a drink of whatever you're drinking tonight me and b are keeping it just classy with the claws classy claws classy claws so drink anytime we mention a past thc episode we mention our favorite tv detective monk we what else do we do if we spill something if you hear the train if we cheers if we mention a badass big sister bonus drink if you hear us mention the title of the episode dang so let's i need a drink god damn it you only got one for yourself because you're selfish selfish All right, cheers to that. Here Clink. we go. Mm. Delicious. Oh, I got tangerine. Also, it's to be noted, I meant to bring this up a couple episodes ago. So I've mentioned on the podcast before that my uncle is a CO at San Quentin, as well as like the Napa State Hospital. Talked about for, it like, a couple the times. Criminally insane and blah, 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 right? So cool. He has personally spoken to Edmund Kemper. I know. And he never decided to mention this. I mean, how do you break that up casually in a conversation? Because your niece has a murder 
podcast. Well, of course, to you. Yeah, that's what I mean. He never <laughs> he never mentioned it to me. Yeah, he brought it up casually to my mom when she was visiting him a few weeks ago. Oh my like god, like last month or something. He says that um, <coughs> he basically told me a bunch of shit that I already knew, which was that like he's really smart. Yeah, and he comes off like he comes off really well and he's really well spoken because as we know Kemp he huge? was he he's huge yeah. and he's a genius but he t- he's like yeah and you know like they every time he's up for uh like a parole hearing he like waves nope. it off because he's so smart that he knows that he needs to be in there and blah, blah 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 i'm like yeah he's like every other fucking asshole in there but just the way he said that because he's so smart don't let him fool you don't get yeah. on that side thinking that no, he's, no. Yeah. he's like every other uh-huh. piece of shit that's in there they all want fucking attention and validation yeah. he brought up the fact that he had met that Kemper brought up the fact that he had met Manson and had lots of conversations with them and again showing and off, like uh, how much money he could get for this and the that ego. and all the interviews and blah 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 and like my uncle was telling me all this I'm like yeah I already know that about him he's a fucking egomaniac they all are it sounds so we nailed it so go listen to that episode because yeah. we apparently did justice yeah they're all egomaniacs they're all fucking vapid narcissistic assholes and, all of them and welcome to tonight's episode yes it's not far off any different mm-hmm. so tonight we are doing the happy face killer which i have to say not to be confused the with smiley face killings or, or whatever uh-huh, which is also a thing and i i know i had to like yeah figure out the difference apparently there's not a movie about the smiley face killing so but there's a documentary because that's still i guess considered a bit of a conspiracy theory oh i thought there was a movie I'll have to look. There's definitely a documentary. Okay. There could be a movie too. But my point is, is that there's been nothing. No officials have came out and said that That this this is a smiley face, blah, 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 blah. This is like sleuths putting this together and calling the group of murders, the smiley face murders. So no, this is the happy face killer. Yeah. Because when I was trying to consider my look of the week, I was like, I really got to play this just right, just in case. We circle back around to the smiley face. Like, right. I can't have, you can't two. have so many smiley faces. Like, come on. You could have just done. I'm surprised you don't have it. Do you have a trucker hat with you? A fuck yes. Yeah, I of do. course you do. You got to do trucker. I have my trucker hat. I will get to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the name of your movie? Happy Face Killer. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Simple. To, all right, you guys, because last week or, or last episode was so fucking foul. Thank yeah. God you pulled through with a lifetime. Yeah, oh, it's a lifetime. It's a motherfucking lifetime. Boo. I should have known because it said made for TV, TV movie. And yeah. I was just like, okay. I didn't even, of course, it's a lifetime. It's lifetime. Who else would make a movie it's out of this shit? So buckle in. You know it's going to be a good one. I already am obsessed with the cast just by the star alone. Yeah, I was so gonna... excited. <laughs> All right. This week, I do have my sources. Thank you very much. We're professionals. I got everything from an article on medium.com, an article on grunge.com, mm. which I've never heard of before. I read an interview with his daughter, Melissa, on oxygen.com and good old fashioned wikipedia.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Keith Hunter Jesperson was born April 6th, 1955 in British Columbia, Canada. He's the youngest of five siblings. He comes from a pretty typical family back then, religious mom, air quote, alcoholic, abusive dad, which I'm sure both of those things are true. But again, it feels like all the dads back then were alcoholic abusers. Uh, right. Welcome to the times. I know. It's shitty. Yeah. But other than his dad being a dick, he had a fairly normal childhood. 
He is, however, a very large child. He's a big kid. And of course, back then, that gets you teased and picked on Mm -hmm. a lot, even by his own siblings. Mm -hmm. He's picked on from a pretty young age. There was no body positivity back then. The difference between him and some kids who might get teased or picked on is he cannot let it go. He is known for holding a grudge and he's extremely vindictive about it. Like he holds on to shit and he lets it fester and it takes him to a real dark fucking place of like how to make it right. Yeah. From a young age, he starts abusing and torturing animals. I won't go into the gritty details, but it's not good. No, nope. It's pretty horrific. And then on two separate occasions, he tries to kill some of his peers. Oh. The, well, again, both times, it's not out of the blue, but he's just willing to take it to a darker place than it needs to go. Okay. So the first kid was one of his bullies who was picking on him, picking on him, picking on him. He finally snaps. Again, I don't know why you're picking on the biggest kid on the playground. Um, But my husband's a (laughs) big guy and he can tell you because my husband's a gentle giant and he'll tell you that it's always the little guys at the bar that have to run their mouth and have to feed into their ego and lose like, no, dude, come on, I'll buy you a beer. No, come on, bro. Like, just chill. Let's all have a good time. And they keep going, going, going until he has to handle it. And then when they're laid out outside of the bar, it's like, well, dude, What did you expect? What were you think was going to happen here? (laughs) How did you think this was going to go? Not that what this guy did was okay, but I'm just saying, I don't know why people pick on the biggest kid on the playground. Right. So a bully's going after him. He snaps and he tries to beat him to death. Yeah. Um, He hits him continuously until his dad pulls him off him to get him to stop. But he said he was like, no, no, no. I was going to beat him to death. The second kid was they were all swimming at a lake and this kid gets on top of Keith and holds him underwater until Keith almost blacks out. He gets up. He like gets his bearings together, goes back in and he gets that kid under the water. And the only reason he doesn't kill that kid is because a lifeguard stops him. But he was real close to killing to drowning that kid to death. So, again, are those good reactions? No, but they weren't just out Out of of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Do you ever notice when you're listening to this how much we finish each other's sentences? It's really stupid. I love us. Oh, so again, because our last episode was so bad, I will say um, I was pulling into work and I had just gotten to the part where it was really sinking in with you just how fucking crazy the movie was. <laughs> I'm not even lying when I'm telling you, like, I had tears coming out of my eyes because I was laughing so hard. Just, like, the slow buildup of you coming to grips with the reality of what a shit show we were about to have. Yeah, and it was in, like, the first five minutes of the movie. That's why I was, like, I died. I was fucking crying Oh, that's good. I love us We're our number one fans, baby. We always say if no one else listens, we'll listen. Right? I love us. (laughs) All right. (laughs) At 12 years old, the family moves away to Washington. He's still bullied, but, you know, that's the way life goes. He eventually grows up to be six foot seven and about 300 pounds. Whatever. Little. Boring. Bigger than my husband. It's a big boy. Bigger than the Iceman. Mm. Richard Kaczynski or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm regretting who they cast. 
1975, at 20 years old, Keith marries Rose Huck? Hucky? Huck? He's a player the whole fucking time. Yeah. Like, she says in the interview I watched that, like, she's convinced that he married her because he thought that's what he was supposed to do. Like, yeah. that's just the thing you do. But he was a player the whole time. She even mentions that he was, like, making out with one of the bridesmaids, like, at Ew. the wedding. Like, he cheated on, on her Piece the whole time. However, they do go on to have three kids. He becomes a truck driver, a long distance truck driver, truck driver Mm -hmm. to support the fam. Again, he has affairs the whole time, though, and they kind of keep it together and are a semi normal family until 1989 when she finally divorces his ass for his cheating ways. Other than that, though, the kids remember him being a great dad. He'd be on the road. As soon as he got home, he'd pick the kids up. Let's go out to eat. They'd go get some food. He'd Mm -hmm. take them shopping. They'd hang out and he'd be in town for a day or two. And then he was off again. He has these dreams of becoming like a Mountie. Okay. And which is weird because they live in Washington. I don't know if he he was born in Canada. I know. But I'm like, was he going to move back to Canada to become a Mountie? He starts the process in. Could he you ha- imagine if he just dresses as a Mountie? Could you imagine if, if he would have became a Mountie and Washington? you could have dressed as a Mountie? Missed opportunity. Seri- oh, and apparently I could have been a DJ in my past life. Also, you decided. Yeah. So you could be a DJ out, dressed look out as for, a Mountie. Yeah. DJ, DJ, Jigga B dressed because as a Mountie. At the, because at the Ice Cube concert, there was a uh, a local radio DJ and she was air quote DJing, but you could tell it was just like a playlist and she was just up there like moving, pantomiming, you know, and just like waving to the crowd and stuff. And I'm like, B, if that's what a DJ is, you could be a DJ for like, all you have to do is hype up the crowd. So that's what Done. I'm saying. So DJ Jigga B dressed as a Mountie. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. Watch out for me, guys. Coming to a very small Indian reservation amphitheater near you. <laughs> Up here in Northern California, that's where you go see concerts is on the reservations, yeah. on their little amphitheaters yeah. they build. It's mm-hmm. great. Anywho. So his dreams of being a Mountie fall <laughs> apart because he gets injured pretty quickly into the process. Oh. Now he's divorced. He's not a Mountie. He's still a <laughs> fucking truck driver. So we're starting to spiral a bit. Yeah. We're having feels. January 1990, he's at a bar in Portland when he meets a woman named Tanya Bennett. Her family describes her as bright and outgoing, friendly, just like kind of a ray of sunshine to be around. She does have like a slight mental disability and that really arouses Keith. He's really into that. So he invites her over to like whatever place he's renting for the few days that he's there. Of course, he tries to have sex with her. She shuts him down and he snaps and beats her unconscious. Mm -hmm. He actually hits her over 20 times until her face is no longer recognizable. Oh, he's scared that when she wakes up, she'll, of course, run to the police. So what does he do? Strangles her to death and then leaves her body there so he can go back to the bar to have more drinks to set up an alibi. Oh, so they'd be like, oh, he's been here all night having drinks. The next day he dumps her body in the Columbia River Gorge and then he leaves town because he's a truck driver. Her body's found a few days later and early into the investigation, 
there is an older woman named Laverne Polyanak. Polyanak. And she's reading about Tanya's story in the newspaper and she sees an opportunity and that this could finally be the end to her long term abusive relationship Mm. with her boyfriend, John Sosnovsky. (laughs) So Laverne goes to the police and reports a false confession using details and information that she had gotten from that newspaper article. Mm hmm. They're both arrested in March of 1990. She claims that she was forced to help him because she was in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and he, you know, threatened her if she didn't help. They're both found guilty of murder. John pleads no contest just to avoid the death penalty. Okay. And he's sentenced to life. Laverne is sentenced to 10 years, which is way more than she thought she was going to be sentenced to. So Girl. she's already a little bummed out that it didn't <laughs> work out yeah. for her. Meanwhile... Keith sees this and he's unhappy that somebody else is getting the attention for his murder problems. So he writes a confession on a bathroom stall at a truck stop. Mm -hmm. It reads, I killed Tanya Bennett, January 21st, 1990 in Portland, Oregon. I beat her to death, raped her and loved it. Yes, I'm sick, but I enjoy myself too. People took the blame and I'm free. And it was signed with a smiley face, a happy face. Nobody sees this and cares. Nobody cares. He gets zero attention for this. It's a bathroom. At a truck stop. Yeah. Yeah. The truck stop people, the truckers do not care. Unless there's a picture of a naked woman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he starts writing letters confessing to his crime and future crimes to the local newspapers, media outlets and police departments. The first letter he writes is a six-page letter to the to the Organian, which is a newspaper. And in all of his letters, he kind of sprinkles in details that are kind of only the killer would know, yeah. right? And that he always signs it with his signature, Happy Face. Uh-huh. And so Organian journalist Phil Stanford is the first one to dub him the Happy Face Killer. Cut. Very Zodiac of him. Oh, big time. August 1992, uh, a still unidentified body is found in Blythe, California. She's found raped and strangled. One month later, another body, this of Cynthia Lynn Rose, is found in Turlock, California. She apparently is a sex worker who later, Keith said, entered his truck while he was asleep. And he woke up and, like, killed her, I guess. Okay. November 1992, Keith hires a sex worker named Lori Ann Pentland in Salem, Oregon. Lori decides uh, after they're done doing the deed that she wants to double the price of what they just did. Mm. And of course, Keith refuses and Lori flips out and threatens to call the cops, which I think is kind of funny. Uh Uh-huh. What's not funny is that Keith then strangles her to death and dumps her body. Next up is Patricia Skipple in Santanella, California, which is down by Gilroy. Oh. Then a Jane Doe um, surfaces in Crestview, Florida. And the only reason we know that he's tied to that one is because he admitted it. Florida. He's a truck driver. Dang, though. That's across the way. Long distance truck driving. Yeah. 
January 1995, Keith picks up Angela Surprise and she just wants, she's like basically hitchhiking. She's asking Mm -hmm. for a ride uh, to Indiana from Washington. They're driving. Angela's like being a backseat driver (laughs) and she keeps criticizing his driving and like telling him to drive faster because he's driving too slow. And Keith snaps and rapes and strangles her. And then he ties her body to the undercarriage of his truck to help hopefully grind off her face and prints. Yeah. Wow. Finally, March 1995, Keith believes that his girlfriend, Julie Winningham, is just using him for his money. That's the only reason she's with him. So he strangles her and murders her and dumps her body somewhere. And of course, now he's questioned by the police because it's always the boyfriend or husband who does it. It's very rarely somebody else. So he's first in line for questioning. He uh, does not talk to them. He follows our advice and says nothing. And they really don't have any grounds or evidence to arrest him. Right. So they let him go. However, he is so... So convinced that he's going to be arrested for this murder that he actually tries to kill himself twice and fails both times. Again, how you can kill so many people and not kill yourself is amazing. It's like the good nurse. Exactly. You just strangled all these women. Try hanging yourself. Right. You know how to kill yourself. Come on, dude. Be for real. He the pressure ends up getting to him and he turns himself in for Julie's murder in hope for leniency. However, once they get him into the interrogation room, this motherfucker confesses to eight murders. <laughs> what a loser. What are you doing? <laughs> like, confess to Julie's murder if you really have to and be like, we were fighting, right. it got heated, crime of passion. We got it off our chest, yeah. Uh-huh. But this no, motherfucker to all, starts just singing. singing. Golly. <laughs> Anyways, he tells them that he's murdered eight women between the years of 1990 to 1995. He tells them where he dumped the bodies. That's how they know he's for real. He also has all kinds of details that only the murderer would know. And he confesses to liking to play with his victims. So pretty much all of his victims are strangled to death. But he does. And this is very much like world famous piece of fucking garbage John Wayne Gacy. He would do the thing where... He would strangle them till they were like about to be unconscious and revive them them and and do it back and forth, back and forth until he finally strangled them to death. It reminds me of the way that my cat plays with their toys. Yeah. Well, your cat is a psychopath. Mm -hmm. Before he's arrested, he did write a letter to his brother confessing to the same eight murders. So obviously he was tapped. He was ready for whatever reason to to go in. He later goes on to claim up to 180 murders. However, Shut up. however, the only evidence that the police have are for the eight that he originally confessed to. He is found guilty and sentenced to four consecutive life terms in prison. After his confession with evidence that only the killer would know, like where the bodies were dumped and blah, 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 blah. Laverne and her old man, John, get released. <laughs> They're free. I hope she stays free of him. That's right. Because she was trying to get out of that relationship so bad. And got herself I feel like if I was him, <coughs> I might kill her. I well, might be like, you know what? Fuck it. Right. You got me into this. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> 
I'll go back. I got friends in there. We got to follow up on Laverne. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine all that shit going down and then you're both released at the same time? Oh, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> He's like, are you fucking for real, bitch? I'm not one for domestic violence, but, but come on. <laughs> we have to remember that he was an abuser, so fuck I him know. anyways. Ugh. Fuck him anyways. Now, Keith's grown-up daughter, Melissa Moore, is has done multiple interviews. She's written a book. She's done multiple podcasts. And she even has her very own show on A&E called Monsters in the Family. Wow. Her first, the first episode is Hers. her and her dad, yeah. and the monster in her family. Um, she's really intelligent and well-spoken. She remembers having a great childhood with her dad. But she does say that as they got older, just having kind of weird vibes from him that she couldn't quite describe or place or figure out but just that dad was getting a little weird he was getting a little off-putting and the energy was off and she had tried talking to teachers about it but she couldn't like vocalize it find the words properly yeah that would be so hard yeah and she also remembers that as good of a dad as he was and blah 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 blah, he did still have a thing for torturing cats like he would still (gasps) torture the random neighborhood cat fuck yeah she is now married. She's got two kids who she did at one point bring to prison to meet her dad. He met his grandkids and his son-in-law. And that was however many years ago. But that was the last time that she has seen or spoken to her father. And Keith is currently serving his four consecutive life sentences in Oregon State Penitentiary. So let's say you find out tomorrow that your dad killed eight people. Okay. Who did he kill? Well, Let's start there. Just random hitchhikers. Okay. Right. Okay. You're going to take your kid to prison to see him? Um, Based on he was still your dad. Every, nothing's changed. Right? Your whole life with him, nothing's changed. Oh, man. I don't know. That's a toughie. Because I'm just, I'm curious, like, why she felt the need to introduce... I don't know. How do you even explain to your kids what you're doing right now? Well, that's why. That's why my brain just goes there. It's so intriguing to me. I don't know if I'd bring my kids. Yeah. I would still go see him. I would go see him probably. And I would show pictures. That's why I said, who who is he killing? Random people. Randos. I'd probably see him. Women specifically would be a harder pill to swallow. Kids. We're done. Oh, of course. We're fucking done. If he turns yeah. out to be John Wayne Gacy, yeah. that's the end of that. I no. No. I yeah, that would be that would be a hard one. Mm-hmm. But even like I don't know, not to make it like a gender thing, killing random people cuz that's how you get off and you have a weird darkness inside of you. I don't know. I might maybe it's hard. I'm a daddy's girl, man. It's hard not to see my dad. But like if he was specifically targeting women, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. The whole thing makes me feel icky. I don't like of it. Of course. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I can't fathom a world in which that would happen. Yeah. But my dad's never tortured cats or made me feel weird. So it would be a real fucking disturbance <laughs> in the force. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Right. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, man. That'd be so crazy. Could you imagine? I can't imagine these people whose dads are serial killers. Yeah. 
Finding out your dad's Dennis Rader. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> the worst thing that could ever happen. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Love that. Let's get to my notes. Hold on. Yeah, I would love to know what the conversation between her and her kids were. Like what age they were when they went? They were like, they look like elementary school kids. Why is grandpa? Yeah. Now, I will like to say that I did used to, when I was their age, I also visited my dad in jail. But he was in jail for much different reasons. uh, (laughs) Another reason why, like, I'm going to ask you, you know, of anybody. Yeah, my mom used to go, I used to go visit my dad in jail. Yeah. It's a great time. I never thought it was that weird (laughs) until I was like, oh, nobody else is doing this. This is just a me thing. Okay. (laughs) Shall we? Uh, Yeah. You want to pee? No, I was thinking about uh, in elementary school, my best friend's name was Sarah and her dad was in prison. Oh, so he was someone else going through it too. I guess so. And so that's why I didn't think it was that weird. But he was there for a white collar crime. And my dad was not. My mm-hmm. dad was in there for a nitty gritty blue collar set of crimes. Mm-hmm. But I remember her saying it had to do with something with computers, meaning he probably was doing some bullshit on the Internet, like stealing people's cat. I don't know what he was doing. Right. But some Internet yeah. com- computer bullshit. But because she told me it had to do with computers, because I'm only used to my dad's type of crime, I thought he stole a bunch of computers. <laughs> I was picturing him breaking into an office and stealing hella computers. I was like, well, that's crazy. That's <laughs> so funny. No, if it was a white collar crime, my dad was in there for very different reasons. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you guys should see the process that Bailey's going through to get ready for this. All right. Buckle yourselves in. I'm ready. We meet FBI officer Melinda Gann as she slowly walks through an empty house with her gun drawn. There's blood-stained rags in the kitchen sink. There's blood smeared on a doorknob leading us to the basement. There we find a wooden chair with restraints and another door with bloodstains. And on the other side of that door is a woman dressed in her underwear, tied up in the fetal position on the floor. And beside her lifeless body is a smiley face, a happy face, drawn in blood. And we go two years earlier, where we see a very happy Keith Jesperson, played by everyone's favorite Deputy Dewey, David Arquette, episode number one. Yeah, baby. Boop, 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 boop. Let's Cheers. go, Deputy Dewey. Uh. Deputy dipshit. So tell me how we cast David Arquette for this role. How did we get here? He's bigger than Iceman, yeah. you say? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but how many actors could you cast? Maybe Thor. Oh, okay. He's rocking out in his big rig, having the time of his life. He pulls down his sun visor. We see a picture of his family, his young children, only one boy and one girl, and a picture of a Mountie. Oh, so he does want to be a Mountie. And that's something he very much aspires to be as we hear him bragging about nailing the exam and the physical, and he knows he's going to be accepted any day. Okay. Okay. He is Whitman Truck Rentals 
best employee. Everyone in the community loves him. Who do we remind us of? BTK, mm-hmm. Gacy, right? Over lunch with his brother, he speaks praises of his wife. Best thing that's ever happened to him. The that's pr- how you know he's full of shit. Right. <laughs> brother mentions that he's helping the dad build a deck and asks Keith to help. And this is the first time that we see the happy face leave. And Keith goes back in time in a flashback where he and his dad are working on a car together mm-hmm. and his dad is electrocuting him with the car wires. There are there was some reports that his dad had like used like tased him. Okay. But I only saw it in like one article so I wasn't how tr- I didn't know how true it was. Okay. The brother notices the reaction and asks if he's feeling okay and then he snaps out of it and the smiles right back on. That's why it's like his happy face is a mask. Wow. Mm-hmm. How deep. At home, he's dealt more bad news when he hears from Canada, I guess. That <laughs> Canada just calls him up. Due to a shoulder injury, his application's been denied, so he can't be a Mountie. And that's the same day he finds a card from his wife that says that she's leaving him. Leave it to Lifetime to fucking nail it. Yeah. So he goes to a diner where he meets up with his friend Diane and tells her everything that's happening. And she's shocked. Like, oh, my God, you guys were the perfect family. He takes responsibility for being a shitty husband. But he's like, I was a good fucking dad. And her taking the kids is a low blow. Yeah, but what are you going to do as a truck driver? You can't have custody if you're a truck driver. So that night, he's drinking on the couch, watching home videos and feeling sorry for himself. And he gets mad and starts breaking shit. It's cold. And so in the frost on the window for the first time, we see him draw the face. Okay. And that's when he decides he doesn't want to drink alone anymore. And we go to the bar. Okay. At the bar... Having nothing left to lose, he shoots his shot with this girl playing pool. And the next thing you know, they're back at his place. There's some heavy petting. It's all good fun at first. But then she puts on his Mountie hat. Oh, no. And shit changes quick. That's so funny. It is disrespectful. Right. He takes it serious. Right. He asks nicely. She's being playful, like, oh, you want your hat? This is literally how you would die, Bailey. (laughs) You would be doing this exact same shit. She's like on the bed, all like, you want your hat? That's exactly how you would fucking get murdered. I know. So, of course, we have another flashback to Keith as a child, and he's killing a pigeon with a hammer. Jesus. And that's when we hear the girl scream. They didn't get any of the names right, so I'm trying to just skip through it. Okay. The next time we see her, she's in her underwear dead on the bed. He wraps her body up in the sheet, cleans up all the evidence, and then he goes over the Washington, Oregon state line to dump the body. He used the blood from her bashed-in nose to draw a happy face on her stomach and cuts the zippers out of her jean pants. Yeah. 
Yeah, did he they? did that. Okay. Yes. Yay. I forgot about that. Cheers. They mentioned that in the A&E show Monster in the Family, uh-huh. and I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there was a time it's when... one of those big clues that they didn't put out in the press, but that the police... Right, uh-huh. and Melissa talks about how a red flag that she didn't realize was a red flag as a child was they were sitting there just kind of shooting the shit when she was younger, and he was like... I, I bet you I could pull off the perfect murder. I would do this, this, and this. And cutting the zippers and the buttons out of their jeans was part of his, like, perfect murder plan. Crazy. Okay. Similar to Ian Brady, episode 87, Keith likes to keep a record of his killings. Mm-hmm. But unlike a journal, he's doing his in a video series. Okay. And then didn't BTK, he kept like a time capsule? They all keep something. Yeah. Like, the, a, the like murderer, a recording. The murderer in that. Oh, he was like writing like a fucking memoir, wasn't he? He had like a fucking book. Ooh, I don't BTK. Know. Yeah. I don't have to go back and listen. <clears throat> but the murderer in the book I mentioned keeps pieces of their jewelry. Yeah. They, all, they always yeah. keep mm-hmm. something. So in the video series, it sounds like this is the first time he's actually killed somebody. Um, and it's something he's always thought about doing and he's making the video because he doesn't want the media to fuck up his story. Oh, okay. Right. So the body is discovered in Washington by Sheriff Cotton, which I immediately think of Cotton Weary. Right. How could like you hear that and you're just like Cotton Weary again. I wonder if they did that on purpose. I don't know, but I couldn't. I couldn't help it. They bring in our FBI because of the state lines. Right. Right. You cross state lines. You got to bring in the FBI. So Cotton and Gann are working together. And uh, surprisingly, he's like more accommodating than most cops, especially with like a female. Okay. Right. So that's nice. <laughs> Anywho, Keith is packing up his house with Diane they're removing all the shit that reminds him of his family. Diane finds a bracelet under the bed that belonged to the dead girl. But of course, he's like, oh, that's my wife's. Throws it away. At this point, it's worth mentioning that he's washing his hands, like, excessively. Oh. Like. Obsessively. O- like, OCD, like, kind of crazy. Next time we see him, <clears throat> he's at a truck stop. And he's picking up a sex worker, and eventually we see him dragging and dumping her in the woods. And unlike the other girl, she's fully clothed. Um, we go to another truck stop where Keith bumps into another sex worker who happens to know him because she calls him Mr. Mountie. Oh. And she's bragging about some new dick that's better than his. Oh. Okay. (laughs) He's feeling very disrespected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like you said, he's just been unfaithful his whole life. Like, his dick's been all up and down state lines. Yeah. Just like my dad. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Ba-doop-boop. Speaking of my dad. So she's talking about this dick that's better than his, and that's when his blood starts boiling, and we flash back to a time when he fucking microwaved a kitten. Yeah, man. I gotta. I, I have to be honest. I don't think Keith 
went that hard. Like, okay. he still tortured animals. For sure. But I don't know if he... He might have microwaved kittens. I mean, he did some fucked up stuff. But okay. man, it feels like they're really upping the ante. Okay. In the video series, he explains that when people play with him, he... Or, like, it's sarcastic with him. It's disrespectful. Oh, boy. And they have to pay. So, like you said, like, this vengeance. Like, this... Yeah. He can't let fucking shit go. We'd be murdered so fast. Keith and Diane are more than friends at this point. Diane is falling so hard in love and she thinks she's found like the man of her dreams. Meanwhile, Keith is at another truck stop eyeballing a young woman with a baby and offers them a ride to the market. Okay. In return for his kindness, he gets a blowjob, but then afterwards, the young lady asks for money and that's when he's like um i did you a favor you owed me a favor right the young lady sticks up for herself trying to prove her worth and unfortunately she gets strangled but uh the baby starts to cry mm-hmm. and that really turns him off so he stops oh she's allowed to live oh okay just as the news is breaking about the body found in Washington, a woman comes forward to the station claiming that she and her boyfriend killed her. Mm-hmm. They arrest him. And I mean, they make him look like a piece of shit, right? So it's like, okay. They find restraints, duct tape, but it was all very well placed, like right. staged, you know? Easy to find. Mm-hmm. So we figure out easily that the only person he's really been hurting is this girlfriend, right? And they're looking for a way out of their abusive relationship. Keith sees this on the news and he's pissed. How dare they? How dare they take credit for my beautiful masterpiece? Oh, Lord. So we get the bathroom, the whole stall with the happy face. Um, Some other notable killers right so btk left his initials zodiac left his little circle cross right the boston strangler left a signature bow right um richard ramirez left a red pentagram at some of the scenes and then jack the ripper obviously from ripping people apart (laughs) (laughs) so you know just some other past calling cards also, the Ripper, wasn't it like they always had fruit or something? That was in the movie. That was in the movie. They always I don't, had fruit. Yeah there, was, yeah, there was a lot of shit in the movie. Who actually knows? Okay. So next we encounter the hitchhiker. Um, and the next time we see her, she's dumped behind a log off the side of the road. And Keith uses her red lipstick to leave a note about um, basically like taunting them with another happy face. And this time the FBI agent notices the big rig truck tracks. Like, oh, mm-hmm. Keith and Diane fall in love. And he's like, as soon as my divorce is final, let's get married. So they're engaged and they're living together now. So the news is continuing to report on the original murder, but they're still getting the facts wrong, which is making Keith mad. He's like, what do I need to do? So he starts writing letters, which he sends to lots of media, 
And again, we're going to rinse, wash, and repeat. We got Jack the Ripper, the Zodiac Killer, Son of Sam, BTK, all of them wrote letters. Yeah. Fucking egotistical. Pay attention to me. Pick me. I'm doing it, yeah. but I don't want to get caught. Pick I'm better me, than you. Love me. Agent Gan notices the similarities in the handwriting and notices the clues that um, she tries to convince her team of. But, you know, she's a woman. So what the fuck does she know? Literally nothing. <laughs> you fucking dumb broad. And that reminded me of episode 70 with Eliza Dushku with the alphabet killer. Yes. They refused to believe her. Yeah. The whole fucking time. She had like a weird mental breakdown. They, gas- they gaslighted her so hard that mm-hmm. she lost her fucking mind. Yeah. She had a <laughs> mental breakdown over it. It was crazy. Uh-huh. All right. So we've got the woman and the boyfriend so the woman that confessed and then the boyfriend agreed to time so the department's like well what do you need you know like we've got everything that we need to do they did our job for us right but gan knows the killer's just getting started and that's when she gets her own letter and she's looking over the map of the dump bodies and she remembers the tire marks she'd seen earlier and so they start going to all the truck stops and she finds the woman with the baby and she's willing to press charges against Keith. Okay. Meanwhile, across state lines in Turlock, California. Good old Turlock. He's meeting another woman and I am shocked when he drags her under the truck. Crazy. We, we get to see him chain her up. Is she still alive in the movie? Yes. Wild. Yeah, she is alive and screaming and it's yeah lifetime somehow is up the ante in an already horrific case which is crazy for like a tv movie yeah like the fact that she's still alive the fact that he's leaving the happy face like at the scene and written in like done in blood and it's so much more horror movie than the actual horrific case i fucking love it lifetime God damn it lifetime bring Just it lifetime killing it every time <laughs> okay It's not long before he picks up working girl that was talking shit earlier. Right mm-hmm. there. Their paths cross once again. Just coincidentally. Mm-hmm. And she jokes, I'm heading where you're heading as long as you're not the happy face killer. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> to which he replies, do I look like a killer with his <laughs> smile? I'd have been like, do I, I thought you were going to say, do I look happy? happy no. <laughs> do i look like a killer so he knows exactly what he's doing he's gonna teach her a lesson and they go to a motel to fuck and when he decides to pull the cord from the lamp on the bedside table to strangle her her body is discovered in the woods by some hunting dogs and while no happy face is left like directly at the scene mm-hmm. gan notices that the scene seems off And so she goes to step away and like goes up at a higher distance to look down. Yeah. And he's placed her so that she forms the smile. And then there's like rocks for the eyes. Oh my Lord. To form. Doing the most. Who is he? Jigsaw. Calm down. To form the smiley face. Finally, for whatever reason, Gan can get Keith in for questioning and he's so complimentary like oh it's such an honor 
to be in the presence of an FBI agent. <laughs> I'm going to be a Mountie one day. And oh, my Lord. <laughs> he admits to being at all the locations because uh, he's a fucking truck driver. Yeah, it just so happened. All right. He admits to sleeping with the girl because she's a sex worker. Yeah. Like, that's her And he's job. a truck driver. Yeah. So they've got nothing and he knows it um but he does start to become like suspicious and paranoid mm-hmm. gan goes to talk to the ex-wife and she's talks a little bit about the abusive childhood but says like the only problem with our marriage was he likes other women too much like besides that there were no red flags like, fair we were good yeah he was a great dad Yep. Goes to talk to the brother and the brother's like, well, yeah, he's got the shit beat out of him. Like he got the worst of it in the family. He's always kind of had some rage issues. But again, like I wouldn't see anything. Right. And so. Eventually. We see Keith go home after being out on the road and his girlfriend is upset. Because he hasn't been taking her calls and he hasn't been coming home on the days that he said he'd be home. And she's been planning this wedding all by herself. And he gaslights the fuck out of her. Mm -hmm. Bitch, how am I supposed to afford this wedding that you want if I'm not out on the road all the time? Right. All all of this is because I'm doing this for you, for us. Mm -hmm. She's apologetic right just like oh my god you're right i'm so sorry oh girl but it's not enough because then when he goes to get something to eat from the fridge and there's no food it's fucking over we see her tied up with duct tape over her mouth um and even though we don't get to see what happened to her this was like our full circle back to the beginning of the movie right we see the washing of the hands in the sink that right. Gan found and all of that, right? So that's our full circle moment. So by the time Gan is there, because I guess the diner that she worked for reported her missing. Right? Okay. So they go to check out the house. Keith is already on the road. He drops off the video series he's been recording in his brother's mailbox. Okay, so that's like the real Keith's letter that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And then he's off on the road. He does confess in the video to killing the eight women. Um, and then his full fucking paranoia sinks in. But for whatever reason, he agrees to one last like pickup, like one last job. Yeah. And that's, of course, where the FBI swarms. Oh, perfect. And we have our dramatic arrest scene. And the last time that we see Keith, he's in his cell with a big happy face. <laughs> because he's still imagining himself as a Mountie oh, riding off on his steed. Okay. <laughs> All right. And that's the fucking Lifetime legit movie. Great. Killing it. Lifetime. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. I think they took some, uh, you know, they, they played it a little loosey-goosey here and there, but for the most part, it's on the money. It is. I loved it. And they probably had to do some filler because honestly, when you do all the research on him, there's he, not a lot of he's info. He's just another 
And there's just not a lot of info on the actual murders. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, he raped and strangled this woman, and he raped and strangled that woman, and it's just the same thing over and over again. But there's nothing like super interesting about it. So they had to. So make they had it. to like you know make it interesting, yeah. which they did a great job. I agree. All right, so what what's the knife review? Five. Five knife review. What a bounce back from last week. Oh my god. How was David Arquette in it? Awesome. Yeah, of course. He plays the crazy eyes. Are you kidding? When he like, I know. I was picturing him perfectly when you were yeah. describing the movie. When I could he, see him. When he switches. Yeah. Yeah. But they're killing me with the size difference. That's I, just. I know. It's insane. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's your look of the week? I got my trucker hat. I got like a flannelly type jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to look over my shoulder and you're going to catch me doing a happy face in red lipstick somewhere. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Anything you want to talk about? That was amazing. It was. It was so much better. <laughs> I think we're going to do maybe a fun one for the next one. And well, then we have to lock down anniversary i was gonna say that's because the, the next pressure. one's the middle of june mm-hmm. and then the one after that's anniversary episode mm-hmm. the next one actually might be father's day episode it so is. we gotta maybe weed through that and then we, we have like anniversary get, i was gonna say we like to get depressed for father's day too that's yeah yeah we like to do a real a real piece doozy. of shit guy for mm-hmm. father's day um cool well to see pictures because this was a great father yeah that's true this would have been a good father's this day was episode. a good father so mm-hmm to see pictures of this week's episode, go to THC Podcast on Instagram. Slide in my DMs. I've been talking to some of you today. I've been going back and forth with some listeners. Um, got some recommendations on future episodes. So Ooh, that's exciting. That is exciting. Oh, last year, I think you asked people to like leave you comments about favorite things that have happened on the oh, podcast yeah. within the last year. Yeah. That was a real hit. Oh, that's fun. Do that. Yeah. Leave me leave me a comment or a DM on your favorite podcast moment. Favorite episodes, favorite moments. I'll mention them. I'll read them back on the on our anniversary episode. What a yeah, great idea. Yeah, that shit B. made us like cry. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> Bring it. Let's see what you guys can remember cuz honestly, I don't remember anything. Well, that's ever. <laughs> Even when you were talking about things that just happened a few episodes ago, I'm like, oh, we covered that person? Okay. I bet you it was great. Um, So, yeah, leave us your favorite moments. I'd love to talk about it. I'll have to think of my favorite moments. I'll have to really dig deep. I'll go back through and scroll through and see what hits. And if you want to leave us a review, a like, a subscribe, a five-star something, that'd be cool. Feel free. We'd love it. Um, but either way, we hope that you keep listening. We hope you tune again, tune in again next week. And until then, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Short and sweet. An hour and 15. I can't believe we came up with so much bullshit last week.